You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. You know, Tom preached the word. And, I mean, who was proud in the South region that day? great to have Tom as a brother in the kingdom of God. You know, it's not a privilege again to have Victorious Dad with us today again. Welcome, sir. It's a privilege to have you with us. You know, we live in the same city my mom lives in, so it's a privilege to have, you know, such family around. You are family to us. Please feel welcome to come anytime. The door is open. <laughs> and, and, and it's so great, you know, this last weekend was, was, was Susan's birthday and, and, and Paul's birthday today again. It's such, such great what God is doing amongst us. And if you're with us for the first time today, welcome to the church of God. You know, where, where have you come to today? You've come to a church that believes in the Bible. Yes, amen. We don't, we don't believe what Google says. We believe what God says. Yeah. You know, we don't believe in anything else but the very words of God. Tell me a story. If it is from the Bible, I will believe you. If it is not, I will doubt your story. You know, and we, we are a church that really believes that, hey, when the Bible speaks, we're silent. It doesn't mean don't be silent today. I want, I want you guys to engage with me today. Don't, don't, I, want, I don't want a dead crowd this morning. Amen, guys? I want you guys to be alive and active today. Amen, guys? And, and he says that, hey, but what I mean is that when the Bible says something, we must obey it. And when we don't obey it, that means actually there's something in our hearts that is blocking us from obedience. And what, what, what do you think we need for that? The Word of God again to change our hearts. And we, we believe that, hey man, every single person who says he wants to be in the church of God must become a disciple of Jesus. Without being a disciple of Jesus, then you're not following the head of the church. Because Jesus is the head of the church. And without you being connected to his head, then you cannot be a disciple, amen? So if you're with us today, we want to help you to become a disciple of Jesus. And we believe in central leadership. Oh my goodness, that's the one that stirs some bones. <laughs> there is leadership. There is leadership. You know what? Well, you know what? We are made to be leaders. God made us like men of us today, male and female. That means He gave us the chance to lead someone, to be a husband or to be a wife, to be a dad or to be a mom. That means leadership was ordained by God from the very beginning. Amen. And also, you know, we, we, we believe in just the greatest dream ever. That is, no, you know, every other dream is insignificant to the dream of Jesus Christ. The dream that every single soul in this world can be saved. The dream that every single person can become a disciple of Jesus. And what are we doing? We are going to all nations. You know, right now, as the, the count so far is 99 churches right wow. now. God is working greatly in international churches. God is working greatly at 99 churches. And this year, we'll be going to where? Amsterdam! You know, even this year, very soon, the 100 church in Peru and Lima will be going out. So please be praying for our 100. By the end of this year, we'll be at 109 churches. Please be praying for us. And if you're with us for the first time, you know, we want to beg you to join us. Join us. Whatever you're doing, leave it behind. Join us. We just want to ask you, just join. Just become a disciple of Jesus and let us keep evangelizing this world in our own generation. If you're with me, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew 28. You know, the title of today's lesson is The Power of the Dream. The Power of the Dream. 
And dreams have power. Dreams have a power to numb you. Or dreams have a power to excite you. You can be numb by a dream because you see it as a mountain that we don't want to climb. Or you can be fired about the dream. Man, I'm ready to climb this mountain. Dreams have power to keep you alive. I think of Joseph's dream. He had a dream. And he said to his brothers and sisters, hey, I'm so fired up. You all bow down to me in my dream. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about that? Man? And he was so fired up again and told his parents, you all and dad and mom bow down to me. Whoa! But I know what a dream does. It makes you alive. And I look at your eyes today and I wonder, are you alive? You might be existing, but are you alive? You might, be, you might be coming here, but are you alive? Are you alive in your eyes? I look at your eyes today. Where is the gleam in your eyes? Because if there's no gleam, then you're not dreaming. If there's no dream, that means the power of God's dream is not keeping you alive. I don't know about you, but I want to be alive. Who wants to be alive? So you want to be alive? Oh! Now, hey, she's alive. For her to say, you know what? I don't want to be alive. I am alive. Oh! Come on, man, that's great. You know, we got to be disciples of Jesus who dream. Who knows how many dreams there are in the Bible today? 21. Just 21 dreams in the Bible. And those dreams were powerful because the item made them like, wow. Give them the fear of God, like God is with us. Or was a dream like, oh, I don't want to know the interpretation of this dream. I think about Daniel's dream. I think about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar's dream. That dream must have been scary for that for Nebuchadnezzar. God shows you what happened in the world. And he tells you you'll be crushed. <laughs> that's, that's a bad dream for him. But what about what about Joseph's dream? When he was in prison there. And then the one with the with the food on his on, on his head. And, 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 the, and, the, and the wine and the cup bearer. Those dreams. He tells him you die, you live. Whoa! <laughs> that's like a, that's like, whoa, thank you so much for interpreting that dream for me. <laughs> There are many dreams that we have. The question is, are you living God's dream? You know, today I want to call the South region. Because of South London, to start living the dream. To let the power of God's dream be in your heart. To let the dream keep you alive. To, let, to, to, to die to your own dreams and live God's dreams. To die to that dream that anyone else gave you and live God's dreams. What dream you might ask? Matthew 28. I want to show you guys a scripture that you guys have never read before in your life. <laughs> and you might be thinking I'm going to a particular verse. And I can't read your heart. I can't read your minds. You know, oh, this, this, this gift that God has given me to, to, to read minds. To discern spirits right there. And you guys, think, you, you think I'm going there. I can see your faces. But actually, I am. <laughs> in verse 16. <laughs> you guys love 18, right? I, I, I caught you guys. You thought you were going to 18, right? Oh, 16. In verse 16 it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Jesus always calls us to go somewhere. Always calls us to go to a mountain. And imagine climbing a mountain. How easy is it to climb a mountain? It's not easy. But guess what? I believe the disciples had a dream. 
And they were like, wow, our dream is Jesus Christ. Our dream is to see him. That that dream becomes a reality. Jesus had died. And they were like, whoa, the dream was dead. And it came to life. We're like, oh my goodness. The dream is on the mountain. We're going to go climb that mountain to get to the dream. Verse 17, when they saw him, they saw their dream. They worshipped him. But some doubted. And now I'm thinking, why did they doubt? I believe, I believe they're like, you know, this guy just died. And then he's alive again. Ah, ah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> you know, and as much as we see this verse as like, oh, you're doubting. That's not good. But like, let, let's be honest. If someone tells you I died yesterday and I'm alive again, would you believe him? You're like, says, go into the nations. Go and make disciples of, of just, you know, your household. You know, just make disciples of, you know, your children. Make disciples of Slovakia. Make disciples as well. Hey! Okay, okay, you guys are with me today, you know. Make disciples of Kurosawa. Susan's like, mm-mm. Make disciples of, you know, just black people. Oh, Racism, want to start right there. <laughs> Make disciples of white people alone? No. no. Asians alone? Mm -hmm. We have Asians in the church right now. What's going on in the South region? We have Asians in the South region. Make disciples of all nations. That means no nation is exempted from the dream of Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey some of the things, right? It says, everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the church said. Amen. You know, this is, this is the Great Commission. But I, I've, I've been thinking about this verse this week. of like, you know what? This is actually the Great Commission. But it's also the, the great dream. It's the greatest dream. The greatest dream, you know. My wife and I watched up where... Sorry guys, I'm really addicted now to Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're really like fired up, like, you know, finally it's always yes. not boring. Finally. It's not boring anymore. It's not really fun stuff. Finally, you know. Yes. And my wife and I were like, yes, Avengers, let's go. Because that movie is so spiritual. I'm like, wow. They're actually quoting the Bible in that movie. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil. But I, I, I was watching. I was watching. I, I had to go back to the very Genesis. I had to go to the very first. Yeah, I have to catch up, guys. I'm, 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 I'm a father of two kids. Bear with me. And, and I'm watching. Watch, I like, wow, this is a great movie. I was fired up, and I was like, whoa, this guy's. To avenge, they want to protect the world from dying from being lost. They want to save. <gasps> That's what disciples are. Disciples are avengers. Wow. You know, I'm like, where's Victoria's superhero tricks? You know, where, where's Tom's? Tom's superhero, you know, flying. You know, what about Venom? Where are your I'm like, oh my goodness. Disciples are avengers. And guess who is the 
Who is, who is the who is the boss of all of them? Jesus Christ. Because he's the one who has full spirit. He's the one who has, who has all the stones, all the infinity stones. It lives forever. That's the bad guy. I'm still, I'm still, I'm Bear with me, guys. Amen, amen, amen. You know, but anyway, you know, Jesus lives forever. Amen. Incredible to know that wow, what a dream can do. This guy had a dream. They were like, you know what, we'll fight to save the world. The question is, is that dream that is of Jesus your dream? Talk about 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings 4. You know, we live in a world today where the world is shaped by the dreams and dreamers of the past. I say it again. The world we live in today is shaped by the dreams and dreamers of the past. Some had bad dreams, and now we're living in a nightmare. Some had really good dreams, now we have some good things in this world. But I believe God's dream is the best dream ever. Because His dream is what makes our reality the best ever. You know, dreamers of yesterday are what made this world a better place. The good dreamers. And so without the South region becoming the best dreamers with God's dream, South London would never be a better place. When I think of the dreamers of the world, I think of Robert Kennedy. He said, there are those who look at the things the way they are and ask why. I dream of things that never wear and ask why not. What about you today? What are you asking God? Why not? Why, why, why cannot we, why, why cannot we save everyone in my neighborhood? You know, my, my baby, Davina, I see her when babies sleep, they mostly dream all the time. And I see their eyes. Like, wow, she's dreaming. What about you? What, what do you dream about? Do you dream about like, man, oh, my colleagues at work. <laughs> I'll save them. It's a dream about my mom, my dad, not a cycle yet, and to save it. My dreams about all my friends, save And you wake up. Let's go make this dream a reality. What are your dreams? You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. How beautiful are your dreams? Or are they, oh, nightmares? You know, Satan, the Bible says Satan has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Guess who steals your dreams? Satan. Guess who kills your dreams? Satan. Guess who destroys your dreams? Satan. But I believe that God's dream can never be destroyed, amen? God's dream could never be unless we ourselves stop dreaming. Who likes the Disney movies? Disney movies? Yeah. Guess what Walt Disney said? <laughs> it says all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. How courageous is the South region? How bold is the South region? You know, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the invariable mark of a dream is to see it come true. So deep, right? It's pretty basic. That's pretty basic. 
We like basketball, right, Katie? Basketball? Mm -hmm. Who's a big Bama fan? <laughs> Only Keith Ryan, Keith Ryan and Mark, come on. I don't understand that. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 yes. no. I'm just joking. But anyways, Michael Jordan, you guys know Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Guess what he said? He said, like, some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. What are you? Are you a wisher? Are you a wanner? Are you a maker? And this is one of my favorite quotes ever in the world. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. But it goes further. This is what he said when he said that quote. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Ooh. That's a war indeed. And today I put before you God's dream. And I heard this text. I was like, you know what? It's quite profound. But it was only about four people. And I said, okay, what about God? What is God's dream? And I, and I said, like, wow, all these people are dead. That means their dreams are more or less dead. But God lives forever. His dreams live forever. God says, I have a dream that all my children will one day live in his kingdom, where they will not be judged anymore, not by the color of their skin, but by the color of their sin. But by the content of their acceptance of the characteristic sacrifice of the one and only Son, Jesus Christ. If they live as Jesus lived. Seven things four. Let's look at a dream right there. Are you guys with me today? Yeah. You know. Seven things four talks about. A dream. And last week I preached this lesson with a man, and I thought it would be good for the for the whole region. In verse eight, pick it up in verse eight. It says one day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever it came by, you stopped there to eat. You know, first of all, it will always be great when we have someone just giving us free food, right? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if God just walks by and like, hey, want some food? Yeah, here you go. Every time we walk by. But what does, what does Shunem mean? Shunem actually means two resting places. And it, as, as man and woman, there are always two places you can go to in your life. Can I go to the resting place with God or rest outside of God? In verse 9, it says, she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. I pray that all the men of God today are holy men of God. Amen? Amen. I look at Crystal, are you a holy man of God? Brandon, Paul, Kevin, Tom, Jamie. Every man, Menno, Guy, Isaac, Wayne, are you a holy man of God? Let's make a small room. You know why? Because you get something here in verse 10. It says, let's make a small room on the roof and put it up. Put it in it, a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. And he can stay there whenever he comes to us. So no council tax anymore. No rent. No gas bill. No, no, no energy bill. No water bill. 
like you're a child again, someone is paying everything you want in life. You know, the benefits of being a man of God, amen? It says, let's make a small room on the roof. Verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammites. So he called her and she stood before him. Before who? Before Gehazi, not before Elisha. Interesting. I want to show you something here today. Verse 13, Elisha said to him, to who? To Gehazi, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can we have can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And we know that there's only one king. There's only one commander. Who is that person? Jesus Christ. It says she replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. You know, old men are also great. Verse 15. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her. And she stood in the doorway. What a humble woman. Humility is the characteristic of a great woman of God. She had made a room for this man of God. And she's like, you know what? I will not come inside. I will stand at the doorway. What a humble heart. You know, nowadays, women want to be like men. But God made us male and female. If God wanted women to be like men, he would have said, God made us male. <laughs> Points blank, done. But he said, no, I want it to be a difference. I want it because they'll be different and special at the same time. You know, the, the, the God is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They are different but the same. God made them, he says, men. And she was so humble, she was like, it is my house for you when I stay at the door. Wow. You know, nowadays what we lack in the world is humility. Where she didn't, she wasn't entitled. She wasn't like, oh, so yeah, of course you should do something for me. Of course, why not? You know, like give her something, give me something back, right? She was like, no, I deserve nothing. What is my point here? Let's keep reading. She said in verse 16, about this time next year, Elijah said, you will hold the son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her and the church said. Amen. Isn't this surprising? This woman right here, the Shunammite woman, had given up on the dream. She's like, don't mislead your servant. No child, no fruit. And I want to ask the South region, I look, I look in your eyes and I'm like, have you given up on the dream today? Have you given up on the fact that Jesus Christ says to go to all nations and you will bear fruit to his glory? Have you given up on the dream that, wow, you can bear fruit? Or is this sermon misleading you? Because the woman said, don't mislead your servants. And in this verses, there are three people I want you to see right now. The first person is Elisha. 
Second guy is Gehazi, I love that name. I'll tell you why in a second. The third guy is, the third person is the Shinomite woman. No name, but Shinomite woman. Only one has a dream. Elisha had a dream. Because walking with God gives you a dream. She had a dream, he had a dream and was like, you know what? Huh. I, I see you getting a child. That's my dream for you. Next year, you get a child. Do you believe as a disciple of Jesus that you can prophesy fruits? That you can be like, this month, I'm going to bear fruit for Jesus Christ. This month, I will contribute to the world evangelism. This month of April, it hasn't ended yet, but God can still perform a miracle in my life. This month, I can still become a disciple of Jesus if you're not yet. This month, I can still get a son or a daughter. Spiritually. You know, it takes nine months for a physical baby, so relax. Spiritual child. And I, I look in your eyes and I'm like, wow. Some of us have lost a dream. Lost a dream. Some of us don't even have the dream. That's even worse. Because when there's no dream, it's a nightmare. And when, you, when you've lost a dream, guess what? Back in nightmare again. And there's no gleam in your eyes. And you're like, why is this crazy preacher shouting at me? <laughs> because I, I, I realize, like, man, I got a dream. Because where there's no dream, there's no life. This woman, I was like, wow, why, why did she say, please don't just leave me? Why did she say that? Because the reason we don't dream is because we've given up on the dream. Because of fear. She must have been afraid, like, maybe. Maybe, not, the Bible is silent, but I'm like, maybe she said, I had a child once, and I lost that child. And as disciples might be like, I had a, a brother once, and I lost him, he fell away. I had a sister once, and she fell away on me. And you're like, oh no, I don't want, I don't, don't mislead me, don't call me to bear fruit again. I'd be like, it was a miscarriage. Maybe she had multiple miscarriages. You know, I love my wife, thank God. One of my biggest fears before I got married was that I would never have a child. <clears throat> because I realized how sinful my life had been before that. I was a man who, who really went about just making sure that my daily evangelism was daily numbers of women that I could sleep with. That was my daily evangelism. That was, that was how wicked my heart was. And I, and I, and I realized how wicked I had been and I was like, man, if God grants me a child, wow, I'll be a blessing of God. And most of you know the story that when, 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 when my wife woke me up one day around 2 a.m., like, babe, babe, babe. And I was like, okay, I know, we're getting the baby. <laughs> and she woke me up, and I was like, she said, check your phone, check your phone. It's like, okay, it's 3 a.m., check my phone, okay. And she put a message there like, we're getting a child. And, and I, I was like, but the message didn't come true. <laughs> so I was like, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? What am I, what am I waiting for? And she showed us like, we're getting a baby. Wow. My dream that I was afraid of coming to reality became a reality. You know, God wants everyone to multiply. 
like men have said, that's great of God, right? They're not welcome. God wants us to multiply. Well, what are we afraid of? Point number one. Live God's dream. Don't kill God's dream. Live God's dream. Don't kill God's dream. There's seven dream killers I want to share with you today. There are more, of course. But you know what Einstein said? Failure is success in the progress. Another guy said, failure is just one more way not to do something. <laughs> Another guy said, failure shows that there's room to grow. So failure is a false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. Second dream killer, the fear of success. Write it down. This is what we do when we experience success. We're like, oh, man, I'm too afraid to succeed again because when success comes, it comes with responsibilities. And you're like, oh, no, no I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be a Bible talk leader because I know that I can succeed in this. I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to be fruitful because I don't, want, I don't want to disciple someone who doesn't want to stay in God's kingdom. Because I've gone through all that pain before and people fall away, people would leave and they don't want God's kingdom. But what should we do? If Jesus did not give up on us, why should we give up on anyone? Yeah. I guess with me today. Yeah. Yeah. A lack of work ethic is a dream killer. Yeah. And this one is what kills the South region a lot because we don't work hard in the South region. Can I be very direct, guys? Yeah. Can I be very, very direct? Yeah. Very direct? Yeah. The South region is lazy. The South region doesn't work hard. It doesn't work hard. Because you will know hard work by its results. Because results don't lie. Guess what lies? The work. Results don't lie. And what the South Region wants to do, when I see the South Region, like, oh, the South Region wants the easy route. But guess what a man said to me once? He says, do what is easy, and your life will be hard. Do what is hard, and your life will be easy. So you guys are the equation there. You know, you guys are very smart. You can get that, 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 that quote right there. The fourth killer of dreams, excuses and lack of ownership. We live in a world where we're entitled to everything, but we don't want to take ownership for anything. Jesus' dream is for us to take ownership of. And guess what excuses are? You guys want to know what excuses are? Yeah. You guys have never heard this before. This, this is a nugget from, from heaven. Excuses are lies. Lies. How do I know? I've been there. So my wife and I have disagreements. Trying to be home around 5, 5.30 so that I can be able to that I can be able to take up the kids together with her because five days is like rush hour in our house. It's like all those kids. It's like a factory. Get those kids ready. Put them in bed. Feed them. And it was like, boom, seven thirty done. They're in bed. Oh, man. Whew. It's like rush hour for us. And that's when they're tired, they're really emotional. It's like, whoa. And so whenever I come late, it's like, oh, babe, you're not really helping this rush hour. <laughs> and I always have these excuses. Um, the train got delayed. There was a guy I was talking to that went a bit too long. That's just lies. I did not prioritize coming home on time. So excuses are just lies. Jesus didn't have an excuse for getting on. It's like, there was no excuse. And this kills a dream. 
The fifth one, toxic influences. Who are your best friends? Do they have the same dream as you have or not? You might be having friendship around the kingdom and those outside of the kingdom. Guess what the dreams outside do? They kill God's dream in you. Because if you're not with the friends that have the same dream you have, you will have their dreams. That's why my friends in the kingdom of God are the only friends I have. My other friends outside are like, yeah, good friends. But my plan for them is to come into God's kingdom so I can lead them to God's dream. What kind of friends do you have? Are you guys with me today? Yeah. This one is quite, I think, also very applicable to South Region. A lack of consistency and discipline. That kills a dream. Because if you have a dream, how much do you think you need to work at that dream? Every day. Every day. I think about entrepreneurs. So I tried to be an entrepreneur myself and I failed. So let me tell you a story. A guy gave me a privilege to run his company. And I realized how hard it is to run a company. It's really difficult. You gotta do it on your own. To start it on your own. You gotta do it every day. You gotta go after the clients. You have to call everyone. You gotta get them. Because like, whoa, this is intense. You gotta be Discipline when it's not going to say like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> you cannot be disciplined and consistent. And being a disciple is being an entrepreneur. Could ask open shop and he said, you have your own shop, 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 go make disciples. But when there's lack of discipline and consistency, you kill the dream. Seventh one, an unwillingness to learn and grow. This is, the, this, is, this is the last, the, the unwillingness to learn and grow. When you're not willing to learn and grow, guess what happens? You're not willing to be like Jesus. Because eternal learners are eternal growers. Whatever you learn, you earn. If you're not learning, you won't earn anything. And when you don't want to learn, you don't want to learn from Master Jesus. Back to this text right here. All these reasons I just gave you, seven of them killers, are why you might say, don't mislead your servants. Don't mislead your servants. So today, I wanna, I wanna put on the heart of the South region. Don't kill God's dream. Don't kill God's dream. Let God's dream be the priority of your heart. But the South region becomes a region that is radiant with the gleam in their eyes of God's dream firing them up. You will know a person, I was looking at, I was looking at Susan's eyes this morning, I was like, oh, let me take an experiment to see the eyes of people in the church. Mm-hmm. Looking at your eyes like, huh? Oh, Susan has the eyes. Yeah. She has the, the dream eyes. And looking at some people, it's like, oh, I'm not really sure if, I, if the dream is fired up in here right now. <laughs> it might be there, a little flame. I'm gonna like get the big, this banner. Blow it to fire. <laughs> fire that, that flame up in you. And today I want to put on your heart. It is time to dream God's dream. Point number two. Second Kings 4, read it in verse 17. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. The child grew, and one day, 
He went out to his father, who was with the, with the reapers. Said to his father, my head, my head. You know, this last week was my back, my back in the house. <laughs> my wife, unfortunately, hurt her back. It was my back, my back. Well, you know, man, thanks for Keith for giving us that massage, you know. And that, Mark. No, Mark gave the massage also, and, and you gave the machine, right? Yeah. yeah, so thanks you guys for helping my wife. You know, it was really great. Mark came over, you know, Mark is studying uh, osteopathy. Yes, that's it, got it right. And Mark was like, okay, so let me just look at this place. It doesn't look like, oh, okay, oh, that's the place. And, and then Mark was like, don't worry, it will hurt more tomorrow. I was like, bro, thanks a lot right there. The point is to help her, don't make it hurt more. And guess what happened? It happened. The next day she's like, oh, it hurt more. So Mark, thank you for coming over to our house. You know, and now she's looking at her, she's standing here, all happy and everything. So, uh, and yesterday, Ben and I, we, were, we took your thing and was like, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. I need it also. Oh, I put my feet on it. Oh, my feet. Oh, the other one also. Keep going. <laughs> and it was so good to see that we have a family to love each other. Amen, guys. And so this 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 kid was my head, my head. And his father said, told the servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on a lap until noon, and then he died. The dream was dying. Elisha gave her a dream. She didn't want a dream. She said, no, please, don't let me dream. And she took the dream. It happened. It became a reality, and the reality died. Verse 21, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Woo! Then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. What a religious guy. It's like, you know what? Your son is dying and you're saying, let's wait till Sunday when it's church. And we can speak to the preacher. You know what this man is? He had lost a dream. What's the response? This woman is awesome. That's all right, she said. Simple. That's all right. This was the response of faith. She saddled the donkey, said to her servants, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Point number two, don't slow down on God's dream. Keep God's dream moving. Don't slow down on God's dream. Don't slow down on God's dream. She was like, I'm not slowing down. Lead on, don't slow down. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant, Gehazi, Look, there is a Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. Wow, what a response again. This is a woman who... In our heart, there's a woman who didn't want to dream. She dreams, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to keep dreaming now. Because a dream has been awakened in me, and I will keep dreaming. It doesn't matter what happens, I will keep dreaming. She said, it's all right. Question to the salvation, is it all right in your heart? Is the dream all right in your heart? Are you dreaming like, man, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm still dreaming. Or are you falling asleep on God's dream? Verse 27, 
When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took her hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in a bit of distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Wow. Again, the second character comes up, Gehazi, who we're calling Lazy Gehazi. <laughs> Top region, are you lazy, Gehazis? Why is Gehazi such a wicked man? Because imagine a woman gives your master a house, and then the master gives her a dream. She gets a dream, the dream dies, and she runs back to the master. And then the servant pushes her away. What an ungrateful, <laughs> wicked servant. What a lazy servant. Not willing to go to the emotional, emotional heart pain of helping this woman to resurrect the dream. You know why I believe Gehazi was pushing her away? Because he was too prideful to get on the feet of Elisha. He was too prideful to fall on his feet and say, Elisha, you are my master. I will serve you. Why do I see that? Because if you read a couple of chapters back, you see Elisha was always with Elijah. Elisha was like, we're going to go, God. I'm going with you. Bethel, I'm going with you. Emily, I'm going with you. Oh, you're going to die? I'll be there with you. Guess what? I want a double portion of your spirits. Wow. That's a servant. South region. Are you lazy gazes or are you Elisha? I want to inspire you. Don't be lazy gazes, guys. <laughs> because the dream dies in lazy gazes. I don't, I don't want to say lazy gazy Tom. I want to say, oh, Elisha Tom. I don't want to say, oh, guy going to be a disciple. Is going to be a lazy Gehazi. No, 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 no. want to be Elisha's. In verse 28, it says, Did I ask for a son, my Lord? She said, Then I tell you, don't raise my hopes. The woman said, You know what? You've raised a dream in me. I told you. Now you fix it. Woo! She's bold. She's like, You fix it. She has so much faith. You raise that hope, you raise it up again. You gave me a dream, you raised it again. I want to challenge you today in the South region. If you feel your dream is dead, go to Jesus and say, Jesus, raise the dream in me again. Yeah. Jesus, I feel like I've lost the gleam in my eyes. Please, Jesus, give me the gleam again in my eyes. Take me back to when I first became a disciple, where all I wanted to do was save lives. Where I sat down and I counted the cost. And the brothers were there with me, and I was like, what do you want to do? I want to save lives. Go back to that first day. <coughs> because lazy Gehazis will kill the dream in their hearts. Gehazi was lukewarm. I pray you're not lukewarm today. Verse 29, life said to Gehazi, <laughs> and this will make Gehazi so crazy. Gehazi always listened to instructions. Yeah. Oh, crazy Gehazi, also is a good one. Lazy Gehazi, crazy Gehazi. And Gehazi listened to always instructions. Always, only when you told him to do something, he did it. So he was compliant. But his heart didn't have any dream. How do we know that? Verse 29. Elijah said to Gehazi, turn your cloak into your belt, take my staff in your hand, and run. So I was going to run. So we're, I'm going to be running for my marathon, guys. Pray for me. You know, 42K is not 1K. 
42K is a lot of case. It says, don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Interesting, why would Elijah tell Gehazi to not be distracted? Because he was always distracted. He was a distracted Gehazi also. Verse 30, but the child's mother said, As surely as love lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. Wow. She's so incredible. So she got up and followed. He got up and followed her. You see, when you have faith, the man of God will follow you. He got up and followed her. Because she was like, I need my dream alive. Whatever it takes, you come with me right now. You gave me a dream, you're going to keep that dream alive. Some of us give up on our dreams when things get challenging. When it, get, when it gets to the mountain, you're like, uh-oh, mountain. Well, it's okay. Verse 31. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or response. Ah, uh, guess why? So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. Isn't this like, you want to smack Gehazi's face? Don't you want to smack his face? They're like, I gave you my staff. Go and wake that kid up. Why couldn't he do it? No dream. He had no dream. You might be thinking, why can't I make disciples? There's no dream in you. Because you want to make a disciple that has no dream also. If you're not dreaming, you can't make a disciple of Jesus. What will you give to that person? You give the person a dreamless discipleship? When there's no dream, then you can't give anything. South region, it's time to have God's dream on your heart. But the silence, I'm not sure if you guys really want it. Because if you want God's dream, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, totally, I want God's dream. Do you want God's dream, South region? Yes. Uh, if there's only one person in this room that says, yes, I'm okay with one person. Question again, do you want God's dream? Do you want God's dream? Do you really, really want God's dream? Because that's what God does. If you don't want it, I will give it to you. Do it to someone else. Look at what Elisha does. Let's bring it to a close right now. The boy wasn't awakened. In verse 32. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. Imagine you come home and there's a dead kid on your couch. Imagine you come home and there's a dead man or woman in your bed. Imagine you come home and there's a dead man or woman at your doorstep. But guess what? Every day you meet dead people. Every day you meet dead people. You leave this room right now, you don't have to go that far. You find a dead person already. You ever played the game Walking Dead? That's Walking Dead. People walk around dead. You might be here today, you might be dead already. But what of God can bring us to life, amen? Yeah. You might be dead already, but I want to resurrect you with what of God today. Get on the tube. The person next to you might be dead already. And you're the one who has life in you to make that person resurrect. Point number three. Resurrect God's dream by laying down your life. 
resurrect God's dream by laying down your life. In verse 33, he went, he went and shut the door, and the twelve of them prayed to the Lord. On the twelve of them, and he prayed to the Lord. What did the Gehazi do? Gehazi only complied, but he had no dream. He didn't even go there and say, God, Elijah sent me to raise this kid. God, please help me to raise this kid and put a staff down. Gehazi didn't even pray. Gehazi was just compliant. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go there. Put a staff down. Okay, now rise from the dead. Wow, no heart. You know, you know a Gehazi where there's no heart, no zeal, no passion. Because he wasn't interested in, his, in, the, in the kid. He was only interested in himself. How do we know that? If you read further about in chapter 5, verse 6, you see that Gehazi took Naaman's money from him when Gehazi shouldn't have. All he wanted was to build his own kingdom and not God's kingdom. In verse 34, Then he got out of bed and lay on the boy's mouth, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, and as he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and they got on the bed and stretched out on it once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. You know what is so amazing? That there's a foreshadowing of the cross in this scripture right there. Where Elijah is like, down on this kid. Because to raise a life, you have to lay your life. To raise a life, you have to lay your life. But none of us want to, we don't want to raise lives. We don't want to even, even, we don't want to raise lives. Because it's emotional. What it says there, you lay down mouth to mouth. Imagine you're putting your mouth on someone's mouth that is dead. No, it's too disgusting. But if you care about that person, you put your mouth on a dead person. Eyes to eyes. It's a dead person. Hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him. Oh boy, but he grew warm. Wow. But you know what? Elijah was like, yeah, he's warm, but eh, it's just, this, is, this is a bit lukewarm. It's not a, it's not a, I don't have lukewarm dreams. I don't want to raise lukewarm disciples. I don't want to make a half-baked disciple. I want to make a full disciple. That is really hot for the Lord, on fire for the Lord. Doesn't fall asleep in a sermon. That is fired up for Jesus. He yeah. says, he turned away. He's like, oh. okay, back and forth. I'm gonna pray again. Father God, come on, did. Prayed again and did the same thing again. Because sometimes your first attempt will not work. Yeah. You gotta lay down your life twice. Twice. My father died a couple of years ago. And when he died, I was, I've never seen a dead body before in my life. My father was big of stature, big man. And I saw a dead body as, like, this is lifeless, this is cold, this is shrunken. It's literally like there was a spirit that left the body all of a sudden. And I cried and I cried and I, and the worst part was when you get the shovel to pour the sand on the coffin. Mm -hmm. I was, and in my mind I was, I was having this, my, my mind was like, what if, what if I can raise him from the dead? Mm -hmm. what, what if it's possible to actually, that I could raise him? Maybe, what, what if that's possible? It's like, because 
unless you see people as really dead, you will never want to raise anyone from the dead. My dad, they're okay, because I can feel this way also. Walk on the street, they're like, hey, how you doing? But I was like, whoa, that person is actually dead. That person is actually, there's no spirit, there's no life, there's no, God's spirit is not on that person yet. I need to be the one to say, you know what? Where are you going? Oh, yeah, 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 I want to show my face with you. Oh, oh, I want to show my face. Oh, oh, look at me in the face. Oh, hey, hey, what's your name? Hey, wait, my name is Samuel. Oh, whoa. No, five minutes. Just wait five minutes at a time. Don't, 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 don't go further. I want to share Jesus with you. I want to bring you back to life. <laughs> what is it saying? This is the cross. I want to bring you to life. Whoa, whoa. I know you're going to work. I have work also saving you. <laughs> relax. Whoa, relax, relax. So, why are you dead? <laughs> To your dream. You see, being a disciple is all about saving lives. Yeah. We need to have that heart in this region. And that's why we preach the same lesson every week. Maybe thinking, wow, I heard this lesson yesterday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what else should I preach? Prosperity gospel? Yo, we can make money. Who cares about that? What else should I preach? Oh, well, the power of healing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who cares about that? You're, you're still dead. You're still dead. We want to preach what makes people go to heaven. Yeah. That's all. Amen. So maybe this sermon is like I've heard it yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah, awesome. Have you changed since Wednesday? <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> For the man in the house, yeah, I'm going to your hearts right now. You heard this lesson on Wednesday. Have you changed since then? Has the dream come to life? Or was it just a great lesson? Oh, great lesson, bro. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, great lesson. Have you changed since Wednesday? Then you'll know if the dream is alive or right. That's the measuring stick. And I look at your eyes, and I don't believe it has changed. So that's why I'm preaching the same lesson. Remember thinking, oh, Tom, I preach always about evangelism. Yeah, that's true. What's there? It's a dream. <laughs> what else should I preach about? I don't know about you guys, but that's what you just said. So it is time to raise the dead. Time to raise the dead. Time to raise. And before you can raise the dead, you must raise yourself. Amen, guys? Amen. Practically. Do you know God's purpose for your life? If you don't, get in a Bible study today. Don't leave this room without getting into a Bible study today. You might be here for the first time thinking, well, I don't know how to make these disciples you're thinking about. Well, get in the Bible study right now. Because this dream will either die in your life or actually raise in your life. God's dream is not for you to make money, to build your own empire. Don't worry, God will build your empire for you. Build God's empire. <coughs> you know, this, this, the dream is not to have 25 guys in the region. The dream is to have thousands, mm -hmm. hundreds, millions of people saved. Yeah. Because we should be ashamed that only 25 are saved in the South region. And yeah, man, we have churches around the world, nine, nine churches, yeah, that's awesome, great. In numbers, what is gigantic. But then locally, you gotta do more work. Don't kill the dream, guys. You might be thinking, well, I don't like what someone's saying. Awesome, if you don't like it, don't like it. If you like it, do it. <laughs> Telling this story, stop dreaming your dreams. Start dreaming God's dreams. I'm closing, I give you the story. <coughs> now, I'll give you one more challenge, you know, find a gospel partner. Because find someone that you like, man, 
My discipler is my gospel partner. We will do everything together to be fruitful together. You know what? I will give you my money so that you can go about, I can go evangelize you. We'll do something. We'll make sure that we have enough money to live our lives together, but make sure that we can save lives together. Is our work disturbing us? Fine. I quit my job. You work. You take care of both of us. We have a household, sister household, three of you in the same house. Why can't you just come up with money to manage your, your lives? Be a Christian household that's all about, okay, two of us work. We rotate every month or in the, every year. Brandon and Crystal, why can't you do something like that? Yeah. Why can't you? You laugh because you think it's impossible. That's why I need to dream. I'm giving you guys dreams. Annie, we all need to be like, wow, what is the best way to be effective in making disciples without my job hindering me? What's the best way? Then you're dreaming. Then he was like, ah, I know this guy now. It's getting my attention. Ooh, now let's go. Now I'm in business. I just want to fire guys. I'm like, I'll be feeling fired up, guys. I'll be feeling like, man, I want to dream. And I'll, I'll take a lot of time, but I'll be feeling. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.